One of, I'm going to go backwards. Okay. One of the most profound moments of my education was when I was in Rick Rubin's dorm room at NYU. And I saw him painting over the value of the gray against the magenta on the record sleeve. And I was saying to myself, man, it just looks fucking good to me. One of the most powerful lessons to me is the attention to detail, to getting your art right. Manager, impresario, industry steward, Lior Cohen broke the defining artist of our time and then redefined the paradigm of the music business. This is his blueprint. What was Lior Cohen like in high school? Lior Cohen was a really happy person in a happy family and living in a little sleepy village called Los Feliz. My parents were like the epicenter of a lip, very liberal hippie, potluck dinners, poetry readings, art shows, political rallies all happened in my house. Were your grades good in school? I've, I've always struggled at school. My, my dad is a psychiatrist, and he nominated me for being the first test of Ritalin because I was a hyper kid. And because I'd come from Israel, I had trouble learning English, but I worked hard. You know, I tried to do the best I could. So you graduate from college and you start working for a bank. Mm -hmm. What were you doing? I was pushing paper. I was, you know, they called me a, like a financial analyst, but there was no analysis happening. Um, there was nothing for me to really do. It was a pretty miserable period of my life. So I was reading Bill Adler's biography of um, Run DMC from 87, and when he introduces you, he mentions that after working in finance, you had worked as a crab fisherman. Was that, is that true? No, that's not, that's not true. So... My roommate in college was the grandson of the president of Ecuador. And the college that I went to had the best marine biology school. They were trying to create um, shrimp farms. And Ecuador was the main experiment. So, you know, one time my uh, roommate went back to college and he says, you know, my uncle loves shrimps so much, he dug a hole in his backyard, started growing shrimps. And then a year later, that hole is like four miles by four miles. And it's actually becoming a business. So I went to Ecuador and tried to um, check it out and, and learn about it. So your friends bring you into the music Fold. The story starts um, with you throwing a party in L.A. with Circle Jerks and Run yeah. the MC. Mm -hmm. How is it that you're even figuring out who to book 
or how to get space or how to how any of that stuff works it's not that heavy lifting uh, uh, how, how, how you do it is you do it by trial and error and you just go get it done I grew up with all the possibilities there was no barrier of anything like my parents taught me that everything you do matters that I'm not small that n none of us are small we could affect change whether it's political change cultural change anything so to throw a show um, to um, make that happen didn't feel like heavy lifting so you throw that first show you you invest seven hundred dollars turn it into mm -hmm. thirty thousand dollars yeah your next show though bombed just, just bombs like bombed what, what did you learn about sort of the nuance of hip-hop from that what happens to a dude that um, invested seven hundred dollars May 36 what do you think happens spends that money and then bow you catch a brick and then, you know, whoa, you're walking around numb. So you went from, you know, high elation and um, thinking that you're on the top of the world to really a devastating feeling. In fact, that feeling still lives inside of me that I could feel right now. Like right this second, I could feel that, that, that pain that I went through when I recognized, wow, it's fragile. A lot of people would have walked away at that point, but you sort of doubled down and not only continued in the music industry, but ended up uprooting your entire life and moving to New York. Mm -hmm. How did you sort of rationalize that? Was that in response to the challenge? I did something wrong and I wanted to, you know, reload and get it right. I wanted to understand what was, what happened that I got it so horribly wrong. So you, you get to New York, and by virtue of having a passport when no one else in the office does, yeah. you, you end up going on the road with Run DMC. Yes. What were the most crucial things to the success at Rush for you? Um, flexibility. Preparedness. Thoughtful execution. Calm. Under fire. I always talk about the story in London when um, Runny Ray left the records in Ireland. It was a sold-out show. It was a matinee because the British people were scared of rappers. Um, <laughs> it was a hot day. The promoter over-promoted. You couldn't stick an ace of spades in the audience. And we didn't have the records. So I thought that this was the quickest way that I was going to lose my job and people were going to get hurt. And then I realized, you know, British people are record collectors. So there had to have been a bunch of people in the audience that had records. So I said, you know, the reason why we're late performing is because we're signing a lot of autographs. And we realized that it's probably unfair and we should prioritize those that brought the record. And a bunch of people raised their hand and, and, and I gathered up the records and that's what we, I said, let's go and, and we performed. Having started on the management side, 
and then eventually working to, to really become a you know a record man. I was a road man. manager. A road manager. It's different from a manager. I was on the road for three and a half years. It's the primary everyday resource that I utilize to win. Being on the road with an artist, going through three and a half years of touching in a tactile way, fans, radio, media, just creation of, of music during that period, the stress of success, and be present. You know, one of, you want to know what's key to success is to also be present, to be actually there. Not thinking about the future or the past, I was actually present. And then from there, I became a manager. And I was a better manager for having been a road manager. In that period in the late 80s, you, you amass, you know, clientele, basically everyone that matters in hip-hop, from De La Soul to Public Enemy. How did you transition from being, from this, you know, putting together this, this management consortium mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to then working on the label side at Def Jam? Rick left really early on. So Rush Management was doing great, but Rick left, so, you know, we had to continue going forward. So, you know, necessity's a motherfucker. That's a fact. So it wasn't, if, it wasn't something that I chose. It was something that happened. And that's part of being flexible and going with the flow. We, talking about it or you're being about it greatness is no joyride greatness is full of adversity and obstacles how bad do you want it how dedicated are you to achieving your greatness too many times we wake up in the morning and we're ungrateful for that day we're awake we're blessed the world is full of negativity. We don't have to be negative on ourselves. I hear we're talking about I am unlucky. I'm unsuccessful. I am fat. I am ugly. No, you are not. Let's change our I am. It's going to fuel our day. It's going to fuel our life. I am successful. I am powerful. I am great. I am amazing. That's the words that have to follow our I am. It's going to fuel your life. Let's start taking it with passion. Let's start being amazing. Use your I am to change the world. If your actions are not in line with your beliefs, stop lying to yourself. There is nobody in this world that can go out there and be great for you. You got to make a conscious decision to stop making excuses, strap up your heart, stick out your chest, and get it done. There's nobody in this world that's going to give you what you want. You're going to have to go out there and get what you want by working hard. Being talented is not good enough. You got to work hard. You got to be passionate. And you got to, got to be grateful. Yes, I said grateful. I failed over and over and over again. And I've risen to success because of my mindset. Your mindset can be controlled. 
your attitude can be controlled by you. Nobody else, nobody else can control your attitude and your mindset. If you let them, then you're allowing them to own something that belongs to you. That is your property. When you get up in the morning, don't look at your phone. Don't check your emails. Don't think about yesterday's problems, yesterday's struggles, and what obstacles you got today. Focus. Focus on the things that you have and not the things that you want. Focus on the people that love you and not the people that hate you. Focus on what and who you want to be and become. Be blessed, be grateful, and say thank you. When you wake up every single morning, I want you to wake up with a smile on your face. Doesn't matter how bad yesterday was. Doesn't matter what you got going on today. And start telling yourself what you want to be. I am rich. I am healthy. I am great. I am amazing. I am a great father. I am a great mother. Whatever you want to be, start your day off with I am. Because what follows your I am is going to shape your day, your year, and your life. I'm going to tell you something that one of my mentors, uh, Jim Rohn, told me. If you want change in your life, you are going to have to change. You're going to have to do something different. You're not going to be able to get up and be doing the same thing over and over again and expect something different to happen, something different to change. If you keep doing that, you are insane. That is the definition of insanity. Don't be a volunteer victim. A lot of our our, our problems in life is self-inflicted wounds. A lot of times, as we get older, we tend to conform. And we stop growing. We stop building as people inside. No one wants to set goals. Nobody wants to keep them. We rather do what's easy in life instead of getting a little bit uncomfortable and growing. When you're uncomfortable is when you start to grow. When you're uncomfortable is when you start to build muscles in your mind, in your body, in your soul. Gratitude is the only, only shortcut to success. Be grateful for what's around you. Don't take it for granted. Get up every single morning and do something that you love. For a half an hour, for 10 minutes, for five minutes, for an hour, Start small. I'm going to repeat that. Success is little steps of progress. If you're moving forward, if you're moving towards your goals, towards your greatness, then you are progressing. Don't wait till the weekend. Do it now, whatever it is. You have to believe. Stop putting limitations on yourself. Stop doubting yourself. Stop letting other negative naysayers pull you into their circle of disaster. Misery loves company. That's a fact. We have to rethink what motivates us. What pushes us. What is our why? Why do you do what you do how you do it?